0: hello hello and welcome back to another episode of the Canterbury real podcast it is your girl rachel back with another episode we are in the final episode of the fruits of the spirit series that we've been doing we started with joy and we are ending up on love so yeah i'ma pray and we're gonna jump right on in so the heavenly father god i thank you lord god for your grace your mercy and your love i thank you father god for how you've forgiven us and how you continue to forgive us and i pray that you will forgive us lord god of our sins for we know they are many I pray, Lord God, that you will prepare the hearts and the minds of those who you call to hear this message to receive all that you have for them today. I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to study this and meditate on it, and uh, the revelation that comes with it. I pray, Lord God, that you will speak Holy Spirit through your children, and that they will receive what you have for them from this message. I pray all these. I pray that this uh, this message will be edifying and and beneficial and glorifying unto your name. I pray all these things in your Son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So as we've been doing from the beginning, we're gonna read the anchor scripture, which is Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and then we're gonna just keep the ball rolling. So it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And as I've been saying from the very beginning, first and foremost, remember that all of the fruit of the spirit listed are all characteristics of god they are all a part of god's nature so the definition of love love can be defined as unselfish loyal and benevolent concern for the good of another such as the fatherly concern of god for mankind brotherly concern for others or a person's adoration of god so keep that in the back of your head we're gonna continue to to expound upon the definition of what love is according to the Bible. And as I've said several times in past episodes before, this this study is not meant to be exhaustive. It's not meant to be your only point of reference when it comes to these different fruit of the spirit. I desperately implore you to read your Bible for yourself and figure out what the Lord what else the Lord has for you. This is purely, um Complementary. This is not the a replacement for um, reading your Bible. It's not a replacement for studying what what God what God says about love, about what God says about all the different fruits of the Spirit. This is a this is supposed to help encourage you and help uh, hopefully edify you if necessary. But it's 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 a very very small piece because I know that my study is completely inadequate for what. Even I need sometimes, but it's to hopefully to be an introduction to you or a reminder for you to dive into God's word for yourself and see what else He has for you to really start digging into the meat. This is purely an appetizer, right? This is the this is the little piece of bread before the meal. The meal is God's word. See what He has for you. He is the one who's preparing a preparing your plate. I'm just trying to give you a taste of what's to come, so that you can understand why you need to dig in and stick around for the main course. Okay. This is not main course. This is appetizer. This is, I'm hopeful, I'm hoping that it is a, 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 an inkling of what you should be striving to understand for yourself when it comes to God's word. But I digress. Back to love, back on topic. So, like I said at the beginning um, of the series, Enjoy, I'm, I skipped love to save love for last. And here we are at the end, we saved the best for last. So if you've noticed a trend as we've gone through the different fruits of the Spirit, especially as we kind of got towards the end with uh, gentleness and self-control, ki- even kindness, though, we see that love is kind of the common denominator in all of the different fruit of the Spirit. So love is, the, in my opinion, this is all my opinion based off my understanding of Scripture. Love is the culmination of all of the fruit of the Spirit. As I've been saying since the beginning and and all these, char- all these fruit are the characteristics of, of God's nature. And I want to, I want to say this and I hopefully pray and that the Holy Spirit speak through your people or speak to your people. Um, but it is out of a revelation of God's love for you, out of a revelation for God's love for me, that you can truly experience Joy, you can truly experience a peace that surpasses all understanding when you get the revelation, when you get the insight, the not the 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 the, well, the the revealing of what God's love for you looks like for you. It's out of that space, out of that outpouring, that you're able to like, truly experience that joy. You're able to truly experience that peace. And it is from that outpouring, a byproduct of understanding what uh, God's love for us, God's love for you, that you're able to pour out that love onto other people and love people the way he calls us to. So it's out of, it's out of the revelation of God's love for you that you can truly experience some of these different fruit. And then the second condition it is out of that outpouring of God's love. That you are able, you are empowered to love other people. We are empowered to love each other and demonstrate all the fruit of the spirit. We're able to demonstrate joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's from the, but understand that love is the root. Love is the seed that is planted. That all these other things stem from. All these other things grow from. And so I, after, the, after this, after my little five minute introduction, we just going straight Bible. So I'm going to start us off with a scripture, a very common scripture. A lot of you might may have rem- memorized it if you were, grew up in, uh, you know, going to Bible school on Sunday, Sunday school. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so remember the point of this episode, at least one of my main points this episode, is to really get you to under, is to try to, I, can't, I know I'm not going to fully do it, but Holy Spirit, have your way is to help you begin to under get the revelation of God's love for you and God's and God's expectation of out of the understanding of how he loved us, how we're supposed to love each other. And so I started I started us off with John 3:16 because John 3:16 is the beginning. It's out, it's it's John 3:16 is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the beginning of the gospel, the good news. That's the culmination of the Old Testament and, 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 you know, in some views. So understand that God loved first and God loves hardest. God loves longest. God love God's love is the greatest. He loved the world, everybody, whoever who's come before, who's died, who's here currently, who will come after us. God so loved the world that he gave His one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So now I'm going to read Isaiah. Oh, I forgot to mark it. I'm going to read Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 53 is a passage called the suffering and glory of the servant And Isaiah 53 is a foreshadowing of Jesus. So Isaiah 53 can best be described as, at least in this current situation, as a, um, a summary, if you will, of the life, uh, ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we see in all four Gospels. So sit back, relax, or if you have your Bible, pull up, uh, flip to whatever, Isaiah 53. So it says, Isaiah 53, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Actually, I'm going to start in Isaiah 52, verse 13, because from there continues the whole slot. So Isaiah 52, verse 13 starts off saying, see, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred bet- or marred between human likeness. He's so sprinkled. He was. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. So real quick, before we continue on with Isaiah 53, I want you to look, listen to this passage, read this passage through the lens of he's talking about Jesus. This is prophetic about Jesus. All right. So it says 53 verse one, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground he has no beauty or majesty to attract us to him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces he was despised and we held him in low esteem surely we took up surely he took our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by god stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth by oppression That self control by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet, who of his generation protested? No one stopped this, right? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he punished, or he was punished for the transgression of my people, he was punished. Verse 9 He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet, it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, we will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and he will be divi- And he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Thank you, Jesus. That's talking about Jesus. Okay. So I want to continue on. So we started off. God loved the world. He sent his one and only son. Isaiah 53 lays out what exactly that meant for Jesus. This is is the burden that Jesus carried his entire ministry. This is what he knew he was going to have to suffer. He was going to have to die for the sins of many. He was going to have to keep his mouth shut when people were appalled at him, when they despised him, when no one in this generation stood up for him. I mean, he had his disciples, but even then they all fled and Peter betrayed him three times or three. Yeah, he denied him three times. Judas straight up betrayed him and they all fled from him. This is exactly what Jesus had to live. He lived out on his ministry here on earth. So keep that in mind. With God, Jesus, we see the love of God. We see the love of God manifested through the life of Jesus. And we're going to continue on with the idea of similar how we've been doing in the past episodes. We look at what God says, what Jesus did, and then what does that look like for us? So now I'm going to move on. I'm going to read 1 John chapter 3. So, if you've ever read the letters to John, they one John being the writer of the Gospel of John and well the the letters of First, Second, and Third John, same is definitely the same person writing it, um, because it's a very similar theme. But I want you to pay attention to verse sixteen, and when I read it, you may you I'm I'm gonna point it out, but. It's going to sound very familiar cuz and keep in mind John 3:16, pay attention to John First John 3:16. So John 3:16 for God's love of the world. First John 3:16. Remember pay attention to that especially, but I'm going to read 11 through 24. So it says, "For this is the message you heard from the beginning: We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous." Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. So, we know we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. If you have never read 1 John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, please go read it after this episode. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you this that's all that you know the 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 fruit of the spirit that we've been studying like you know joy and peace Those are a little bit more internal and patience a little more internal but also on the other hand patience kindness goodness faithful gentleness self-control those are things that you have to act out and demonstrate towards other people with actions and in truth verse 19 this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command. Verse 23, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. Believe in Jesus, love each other. Love God, love people. To love one another as he commands, commanded us. The one who keeps god's commands lives in him and he in them this is how we know that he lives in us we know it by the spirit he gave us the spirit the same spirit that when we abide in him we bear much fruit the fruits of the spirit that we've been studying this whole time are we seeing everything connect <laughs> okay so like i said emphasis on this is on verse 16 1 john 3 16. this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters <laughs> Ooh. so we're going to keep pushing forward so like i said this is i don't really have much else to say i just want to read the word and, and pray that the holy spirit does the work that i believe and trust that he will in our lives and really dig in and help us to bear the fruit bear the fruit of his precious holy spirit so now we're going to read first corinthians 13 almost if not more popular than john 3 16 and then a first john 3 16. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love passage, right? And we're going to read it. So, and this is Paul talking to the, the church at Corinth. They had, he had just finished kind of discussing with them the fruit or no, no, the, some of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to, uh, to those believers off of the edification of the church. It says, if I speak in the tongues of man or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a and I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. So Paul's kind of lining it up like I can do all these great and wonderful things, but if I don't love my brothers and sisters, it's useless and it means nothing. Okay, verse three. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. He's like I can suffer, I can be whipped thirty times. All for for my faith. something I profess to believe in. And if I don't show it in my love for people, I've gained nothing. Verse 4. This is probably the most popular part. Love is patient. Love is kind. Sound familiar? Okay, patience, kindness. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it is all it always protects always trusts always hopes always preserves or perseveres my bad always perseveres but love never fails real quick i'm gonna reread four I'm, i'm gonna start back over at four and i want you to really truly listen because like i said at the beginning and as i hope many of you already know love god is love God is love. God love is a characteristic of God, it is a part of his nature. God is love. So I want you to, as I've been saying, we read John 3:16, Isaiah 53, 1 John 3:11 through 24, how we're supposed to react. So, you know, this is what God did for us. This is what Jesus did for us. This is how we're supposed to respond. And you know, first John 3. This how we this is our response to that love that god has for us i want you to i want you to look at first corinthians 13 in two ways one how we're supposed to love people but all but remember it starts with the revelation of what god is what of what god of what god's love looks like for you and me or what god's love looks like for us so i want you to look at first corinthians three sixteen. listen to along with this read it along with me as i reread it and look at it from the perspective of this is how god looks at me this is how he treats me this is what he does for me this is how he handles me this is how he cares for me look at it through the lens of this is what god does for me every single day and then i want you to look at it from the perspective of this is how i need to be treating other people every single day let it challenge you let it let it uh convict your heart this is this is how god sees me and this is also how i need to see other people Because in first John three, we saw that this is what God commands us to, to believe in Jesus Christ and to love one another. So I'm gonna reread starting at verse four. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, doesn't hold grudges. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres love never fails and real quick love never fails often in the proverb or the the Psalms it talks about God's unfailing love but anyway just want to bring that out but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when completeness comes what is in part disappears when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of my childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Verse 13, this is the one that everybody began tattooed on their arm. First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen, and now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. So I leave you with this. I have two little one little one last thing I want to say. In Matthew five, verse 48. Jesus is talking to disciples telling them all these he's teaching them. And he's getting he's just finished, he's finishing up telling them to love your love their enemies. And he says, "Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect." Remember, this is a this is a verse I've referenced several times throughout our study. I said, "Be be patient, just as your heavenly Father is patient. Be kind, just as your heavenly Father is kind. Uh, be good, just as your heavenly Father is good." I want you to be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. God is the standard not man not your favorite pastor not your favorite christian celebrity god is the standard and the standard is set and the standard is very very clear okay very very clear we don't we don't we don't we don't use other people as our as our benchmark god jesus is the benchmark jesus is the standard that we are we are are aiming every single day to measure up against we're measure up to God set the standard extremely high and he's made it very clear. It's not what they do. It's not what he does. It's not what anybody else does. It's what Jesus did when he did, he got up on that cross. It's what God did in first. And you know, as we see in John 3 16, for he loved the world that he gave us one only son. It's the the suffering that we see Jesus endured in Isaiah 53. It's the life that God has commanded us to live. As we see in first John three, specifically verses 11 through 24. It is the love that we are called to, to demonstrate and exemplify as we see Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Be perfect there as your Heavenly Father is perfect. That is the standard. So i leave you with this. In 2 John, uh, there's only one chapter, or there's only one, it's just a letter, but in 2 John verse 4 through 6, it says, It has given me great joy to find some of you, your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm writing you a new command. Um, excuse me. And now dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. I ask that you love, I ask that we love one another. Verse six. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So that's all I got. (laughs) Peace be unto you, I pray this message blessed you. I pray it encouraged you. I pray that you will dive into the word and study and meditate on these passages for yourself. I pray the Holy Spirit will, I don't know, convict you in areas we need to be convicted and that he will empower that you will realize that the presence of the Holy Spirit empowers you to walk out, to bear all the fruit of the spirit that we see, especially love. Because love, that's how you know that you are a Christian, is by our love. By our love for each other, by our love for God. That's how we, that's that's the fruit. That that's the that's the evidence. And listen, I don't care what nobody else says is the evidence of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of salvation. It's clear in the Bible when I read it. Right? Especially if you read First John and Second John. It's by our love for other people. This is the command. Obey, obey, walk in the commands, and that command is to love one another. Okay? Believe in Jesus, love people. That is all I have for you. Um, yeah, that is the end of the fruit of the spirit series. I pray that it blessed you want to pray us out and we'll be done So Heavenly Father. God, I thank you, God, for your love, for your peace, for your patience, for your kindness, for your gentleness, for your self-control. Father God, help us to abide in you, Holy Spirit, so that we may bear much fruit all for your glory. Help us to love each other and love you as you've called us to help us to walk in truth and walk in obedience to your commands. I thank you, God, for the opportunity. And I pray that this will, this message will be all, reach all to whom you've called for it to reach. I pray all these things and many, many more in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Until next time. Bye.